Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Aloha, listeners. I am super psyched to share this conversation with you guys. For this episode, it's a conversation between myself and Keoni Hanale. Keoni is an alchemist, Hawaiian cultural practitioner, and founder of Pohala Botanicals here on Maui in Kula. Keoni comes from a long line of medicine holders who in Hawaii are called kahuna, and his lineage extends far, far, far back in time. He inherited sacred fern medicine wisdom from his grandmother, Kauike Onalani. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Keoni as he and I discuss masculine and feminine energies, emotional intelligence, and what we are called to be and do to fulfill our destinies and the destiny of the planet. So yeah, big stuff. Definitely follow Keoni on Instagram at pahala underscore Hawaiian underscore botanicals. Do not miss his stories. He's always dropping some beautiful, beautiful wisdom. And his website is pohala.net. That's P-O-H-A-L-A dot net. And definitely check the end of the show for a special gift from Keoni. And also the word aloha means love. So much more, but for the purpose of this conversation, it means love. Aloha. Aloha. I'm so glad that we're getting together. Mm -hmm. This is pretty exciting. It is really exciting. And um, so we met like maybe a month or so ago, right? Um, At, we're doing the hui over Yao Valley. At Ka'ehu Bay. Yeah, we're Mm -hmm. doing the the Kapili. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that was a partnership with with uh, Tom Penna of Homaika Pono. And so just talking about some really deep Ike, you know, ancient Ike, about not just like the, the lunar phases and the power of time and place, but also, you know, how that affects the human avatar. And that segues into what I was speaking of uh, is, you know, emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and the balance between our divine feminine and our divine masculine. Yes. Yes, and then you posted a story on Instagram, and you somebody had asked about apathy, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. And I think the to me, there's a relationship to depression as well, right? And you talked about the relationship, what was happening archetypally in a way of the masculine and feminine. I was like, you need to be on the show. <laughs> we need to talk. Yeah. And um, so if so, the question I think it's a perfect question. Um, and if people want to go to your Instagram, you save that story for me. Thank you. I did. Um, but that idea of, you know, what happens when you just, when you feel that you just don't care, that apathy, nothing's rising up. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us your, your thoughts on what, what the kind of looks like in terms of masculine and feminine? Definitely. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. You know, first I just want to explain, there's something in the Hawaiian culture called uh, kiakahi. And kiakahi is purpose and meaning, mm-hmm. okay? And the necessary component of purpose and meaning is that our feminine and our masculine components is synthesized and harmonized. And, um, you know, in today's world, there is such an attachment to matter um, that many of us really just identify ourselves as either, either gendered male or gendered female. We don't quite understand that we're equal parts masculine and feminine. <laughs> and so when we feel into like apathy, hopelessness, depression, it's because we have no true sense of our kiakahi, our purpose and meaning. Mm. And so we're sort of wandering this reality, um, confused and aimless. And so, you know, this has been such an important message for me to, you know, discuss about synthesizing the feminine and masculine components. I love your language of synthesis, too, mm. and, and harmony. I think that's something we've talked about when we talk about masculine and feminine on the podcast. There's this idea that everything needs to be in balance. And <clears throat> I think balance is good, but I think when we're talking about this, it's not 
uh, it's to me, it's not the paradigm or the goal because balance means you're always moving from one to mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. and that there's, there's a fulcrum point that can swing. Right. And right. that takes a lot of energy to go over here, go over there, mm-hmm. that kind of balance. But synthesis and harmony to me mean both coexist Yes, and they're in harmony, which means their relationship is happy and they don't become a big gray area. They're, they're in tune with each other. And yeah. so I, that, that really caught my attention too. And I'm like, yes, synthesis. So there's no longer a war, you know what I mean? There's no right. boundary of this and that. No, they're just constantly in relationship. Yeah. That's, you said that so beautifully. And you know, the title of that, the workshop that we did, Tom and I did, um, is titled Kapili. And that is the Hawaiian word for synthesis mm-hmm. to bond. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <clears throat> now we're reaffirming our birthright, we're giving ourselves permission to bond, and that is intimacy. And this begins inward first. You know, in order for us, of course, to bond with one another, our brothers and our sisters, we Mm -hmm. have to make sure that we ourselves are harmonized Mm -hmm. so that we can show up and be present for our brothers and our sisters without these expectations that our brothers and our sisters are going to fulfill us somehow. We don't have those expectations because we are fulfilled already Mm. because we're harmonized. It's huge. So, well, and we'll look outside ourselves constantly for what is, what is the, that, or the, this, the, the piece, the person that will create that in us. It, it at times can feel really like that's the only way, Mm -hmm. but we, we never get there. Yeah. And you know, and you know, my tutu, Kawiki Onalani, uh, she was a kahuna, um, born in Kaupo, and everything I know, truly, she taught me, and the first five years of my life, you know, and, you know, she taught me that she would say, boy, you know, <laughs> boy, uh, you know, if you do not deem yourself worthy, then you will simply hijack the will of someone else mm-hmm. because you deem their will superior to your own. And so your whole life is just going to be based on expectations and imitations. So deem yourself worthy, proclaim yourself. We say in Hawaiian, kukala, proclaim yourself, tell the world who you are. And I'm, and now I'm kind of segue into masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the feminine, when I talk about kukala and proclamations, a proclamation is very feminine because it's the feminine, our feminine component, which has the capacity to dream, mm. has the capacity to design an idea. That's very significant. Okay. However, it doesn't stop there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our proclamations are kukala. It means nothing if we don't create results. That is our masculine. Mm-hmm. Our masculine does the hana, the action, the work. Right. He inherits the dream. Moi from the feminine because she deems herself worthy to offer it to the masculine. And the masculine is humbled by that gesture and receives it from the feminine and then moves it. Kahe moves it creates results so we begin by saying tell us who you are that's the feminine now show us that's the masculine yeah and that's that beautiful synthesis you know that's the whole human is that we are in complete integrity and this is how we offer ourselves to our brothers and our sisters and this is how we bond and it's this constant i don't even want to call it a a cycle because it's not necessarily one and then the other, one and then the other. Although you can think of it as kind of rotary, right? Happening within us where the dream is there, the mm-hmm. action is taking place, but they're constantly in relationship right. with each other. Right. Because I think the, the, the action part is like, oh, uh, I just hit something. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Go back to the feminine, to the, the, yeah. the imagination, the knowingness there yes. to say, you know, so they're, they're, they're constant. It's a constant thing, not it, just... Marching orders go. Right. I sit back and have bonbons. <laughs> Although bonbons are good, you know. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and this happens simultaneously. You know, it's hard for a lot of uh, people 
to fathom that now because our frequency is so stunted and slow mm-hmm. that we cannot fathom that oscillations and vibrations mm-hmm. can be so rapid that we experience that simultaneously. The beauty with that is when we allow ourselves to exist simultaneously within the synergistic mm-hmm. flow of the masculine and feminine is that we no longer seek alternatives because we are totally aware in recognition of all the tools that surround us. Mm. We're not in lack. And so, yeah, that's a beautiful point that you're saying. See, it's, it's happening at all times. It's something I'm try- I have been spending a lot of time trying to under, not understand, but be just remembering. That's something that's coming up for me is just remember, remember, remember. This is, this is already here. It's already yeah. happening. But just remember, because I think it's that, to me, it's the intellectual part, too, that wants to not have emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's that kind of control. And I really would like to talk about the, the heart of your work is emotional intelligence. intelligence. Your lineage, your inheritance, your mm-hmm. kuleana is working with the fern medicine mm-hmm. and emotional intelligence. And I, I don't think it's, from your, from the perspective that you bring, very well understood. So I'm super excited to have you on the podcast yes. to be able to kind of share that out because I sense that a very Western belief of emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. is some sort of corporate test before you get a job. Mm -hmm. You know, they're doing that now. There's a (laughs) thing called emotional intelligence. But the, um, so I'd love to hear about that. And you talk a lot um, on your Instagram and on your website about um, the collapse of the victim. And so Mm -hmm. that's a huge, huge (laughs) archetype. We probably need a week to talk about this. (laughs) But the relationship, because that's, that's, the most easy to identify archetype, I think, for everybody, whether they want to or not, uh-huh. is everybody's been hurt. Everybody has a wound. Mm-hmm. Everyone is there for, mm-hmm. you know, has a sense of the victim. Um, and that in what I use, I work with is the possibility of the victim. The like, what, what did that process do for you? What did it take away from you that you didn't mm-hmm. need anymore? What did you learn? Mm-hmm. Did you did your heart open mm-hmm. from that? Are you are you more present in the world because of it? And then of course we're all really familiar with the pathology of the victim right. of you know being disempowered, hurting other people because mm-hmm. you've been hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so whichever you want to start with the victim, <laughs> its relationship to I mean they're they're naturally related. Emotional intelligence, the presence of emotions. Certainly, certainly, and you know. What you're saying, what you're talking about, you know, about the victim is, you know, we are transforming the victim. We're not escaping or avoiding the victim. And that's how we finish it. And that's something that my tutu taught me is that, you know, we don't escape. We finish things. We complete things. Mm -hmm. And there is a saying, the only way to resolve the violent karmic cycle is to complete it. Mm -hmm. As simple as that. So, um, yeah, my mokuahau is uh, linked to something called pua ehu ehu, and that's fern medicine. And fern medicine correlates to emotional intelligence. There are 103 native Hawaiian ferns that correlate to 103 human emotions. Okay, I call this the principles of aloha. One of the most common questions I get, what is the fern of love? That's like my favorite one. I want to work with that fern. Yeah, yeah, just give me the aloha. <laughs> I want that one. I want a big cup of aloha yeah. right now. Uh, well, there is none. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. You can't order it on the internet. <laughs> uh, that's why I call the whole spectrum the principles of aloha. Mm-hmm. Because truly, we really must integrate and express all 103 mm-hmm. human emotions in order for us to even comprehend the totality of aloha, of mm-hmm. love. And truly, this was purposeful. You know, the the power of love, it would destroy the human body. Mm-hmm. It would just collapse the animate world. And that's all our birthright. That's where all we're headed. Mm-hmm. We're going to collapse this, this, this 3D world, this world of, of animation, this world of matter. Um, but we're here now. And we're being offered 103 emotions. And it's saying now integrate this become indoctrinated into these and you graduate into 
the totality of love, and that's when this reality will collapse and we ascend. Um, so with human emotions, we rarely ever, rarely ever acknowledge our emotions within their moment to express themselves within their now. We separate them. Put them in boxes. Right. Uh, you know, that's control in two spectrums, I say. Okay. One is we put them in this box, like you're saying, in this box of fear and aversion. I don't want to deal with you. You're too frightening. I don't know how I can control you. Things like pain, things like grief, we put them far away. So we're shaming them. They're shamed. They're betrayed. And then on the other end of the spectrum, in that other box, <laughs> you know, it's lack and craving. For instance, there's a fern makali'i. It holds the codes to euphoria. Mm -hmm. There's aiha'a, glee. Even when we're experiencing that, the first thing that comes to mind is, how can I control you to make you stay? Mm -hmm. Or, I don't have enough of you. I want more. So there's all these expectations being put upon these emotions. So rarely, rarely do we experience them in, in their now. Because we're not present in our now, we are constantly in this energy of the victim. Things are happening to us, at us. We're yeah. not responsible for these things because we're totally not present. That's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just to state the obvious. <laughs> so everybody listening is going, you mean I need to feel my emotions as they happen? <laughs> right. You know, and there's a practice I do whenever this, whenever I'm met with a sensation, and especially the uncomfortable ones, especially the uncomfortable ones, I will pause very feminine okay very feminine i will pause and i will say three times with my eyes closed i'm integrating i'm integrating i'm integrating and i will allow that sensation to simply express itself as it wants to you create you begin to do this you create a momentum and you will begin to understand what your emotions truly want to express. And it is very powerful. The moment I done, I did that and I created this momentum where it's now second nature for me to just allow emotions to express themselves before I react to them. I began to see that victim mentality totally different. I began to see that victim and, I, I, and it was a visual thing for me. As a one-year-old Keoni, Mia, and it was just learning how to walk and it was grabbing onto my leg. And it was saying, aren't I doing what you want me to do? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Aren't I doing what you <laughs> want me to do? Full accountability, full responsibility. Yeah. We are creators. We are not victims. And it was such a beautiful moment when I could look down be face to face with that wounded part of me, right? Mm -hmm. That child vulnerable, yeah? Mm -hmm. Could hardly walk, you know? And I just looked and I said, yes, you've done everything I've asked you to do. That Thank is, you. That is huge. That is <laughs> yeah. huge. Huge, huge, huge. The, the path that I, I don't know for how many years, been working with in relationship is compassion. Mm-hmm. Because if I, for me, anyway, the hard-headed person that I am, um, it's permission to feel the emotion, but a little compassion first lets me feel it. Mm -hmm. So it's, <clears throat> I'm not sure I've ever articulated this out loud, but that, the internal process for me and kind of a, a literal breakthrough, because I broke something in my house years ago. And I was about to beat myself up for it and, you know, do the, mm -hmm. whole, right. the whole, I mean, it's just dumb, right? I was on my way out, spilled a cup of coffee. It, it broke. I needed to clean it up. All that was a microcosm of mm -hmm. how I would deal with anything in my life that was mm -hmm. uncomfortable or feel like I did wrong or mm -hmm. someone hurt me. It didn't matter. All of that was contained in that coffee cup getting dropped mm -hmm. that I could have prevented. But I'd been studying and reading about compassion and I let myself have 
compassion or I gave myself permission was like, of course I feel bad. I'm in a hurry. And I really kind of feel like I'm, that's, that was stupid, but my entree into that was this mixture of compassion and acceptance. Like this is what's happening. Yes. Here's how I feel about it. And, and that compassion to me made it okay to have the feeling that it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. It just felt bad. Yeah. It just that. And those two were like, alchemized together mm-hmm. of I can have compassion for that and so working so the the amount of people that I have met in my life both previous clients myself and the resistance to compassion yeah to feeling the feels as the kids say is astounding sometimes mm-hmm. where that is but I'm like that is exactly the breakthrough mm-hmm. I mean I'm not an ascended being by any means but I, I know that breakthrough yeah. of being able to feel the emotion, to make it okay, yes. to have the compassion, to see yourself as that child. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, there's so much, yes, there, there's so much aloha mm-hmm. that happens in that moment that the, the emotion, usually the one that you don't want to feel, doesn't necessarily stick around. Right. Um, for me anyway, not always, but, you know, it, it, it flows itself back in. So, yeah, that was that was for me and that entree. Of, and I, I take it as... Um, almost a sign of people's resistance, the great resistance. Like that means it's important. Yeah. <laughs> that means it's sure. really important. For sure. That's, yeah, that's been my experience too. Whenever I feel <laughs> true resistance, I'm like, Oh, I need to go into this. Yeah. You know, you, you touched base on something really important, you know, like you're talking about compassion and in, in our, you know, I'm from uh, Hawaiian moon lineage and in our um, mythology, our creator, whose name is Kamehameha Ihana. Um, the purpose of this reality, the kiakahi of this very uh, reality, is something called alohama, and that's self-reflective love. Mm. So it's that compassion you speak of, you know. And I definitely feel you on this. Many people, you know, a lot of people may have a capacity to offer compassion to things outside of themselves. Oh, and their friends, and their family, and their dogs, yeah, and their cats. Yeah. yeah. And if it's genuine or if it's not, if it's a performance or if it's not, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I could just speak for myself. And it was. Mm-hmm. I was compassionate because it was a role for me to play so that I could become accepted. It's a good okay. way to get approval. Right. To get approval and to get admiration. But I did not offer even the performance to myself. hmm Aloha ma, self-reflective love. And I personally had to go through some very intense trauma yeah. in order for me to finally make the decision, will I stay or will I go? <laughs> right? Yeah. Do I stay or do I go? And when the decision was made, I remembered my agreement here mm-hmm. on Ki, on Earth, Honua. I said, okay, <laughs> the, only, the only foundation is aloha ma self-reflective love and that's when i'm like okay it's got got to be all about self-compassion self-love self-reflective admiration and then that was so filling for me that everything i offer my brothers and my sisters it's no longer a performance it's overflow and i am witness to that the (laughs) second i met you i was like wow so much aloha just Yeah, it's it's a big. This is something that I've. It's it's been a theme probably my whole life. This understanding of compassion and and it's a big conversation I think for a lot of people, especially women, because women I think in general will have. We can have that conversation. It's kind of like a thing that we can do. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, not I mean with men too, but this idea of in relationship to friends, family, and in a romantic relationship. Um, there's this whole idea of like, well, you can have so much love and compassion for other people. And then some people say, oh, well, but if you don't have it for yourself, it's not real. My theory is you can, it's like you get this light version, this like filmy, not complete version of compassion and love for other people. And you can probably exist your whole life just mm-hmm. having that. And they can have love and admiration for you, but it's that piece where you have the worth and the love mm-hmm. and the compassion for yourself that busts the whole damn thing mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. So you, it's like you don't even know what you're missing until you've 
you've done that and then built whatever it is that practice or let your let your kane let your masculine help build spaces for you to be able right. to to do that but those experiences yeah. of self-compassion which then i think builds worth mm-hmm. you know it reminds you of who you really are and that's not overbearing to anyone else it's just presence with a capital mm-hmm. p that that piece then then you recognize that what you thought was just love and compassion before was like the tiny watered down version right so i don't i don't say oh well it's not real it's like it's just super light it's the free version of the app that doesn't actually do anything yeah Yeah. and you know when i yeah (laughs) you know when i when i began to really uh proclaim myself and deem myself worthy and thus then really express true aloha that's the only moment that I realized that my whole life was a performance. Of course, during the performance, I had no idea it was a performance. Mm-hmm. I thought that was who I am, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't until I deemed myself worthy, made my proclamation, okay? My feminine. I allowed my feminine to proclaim herself. Mm-hmm. This is my dream. This is my idea, Okay. I allowed my masculine to humble himself and to receive that dream from the feminine. That reinstituted for him purpose and meaning. Now he understands why he's moving. Mm. Now he understands flow, kahe. And in that instance, the feminine reaffirmed her purpose and meaning because she got to see her dream proliferate. Right. It wasn't until that time that I was like, whoa, yeah. my whole life has been a performance. Well, that's fine. I'm trying to, it's, it, we've languaged this. I think you were languaging it in a really, really brilliant way. But the thing that's coming up, I was like, okay. And it's not about the ego. It is, this is, this is something from a much deeper foundational mm-hmm. level that is happening within. And you can, I think you can always tell. You know, if uh, you meet somebody or a teacher, whether they're really coming from this kind of ego part, mm-hmm. which I, I think is important. I, mm-hmm. I'm not in the camp of get rid of the ego. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michael Mead, a, a teacher, says that the ego has got the keys to the ashram. You know, <laughs> kind of, it can get you to the door yeah. kind of thing. But this, the discovery piece and the living in, in this deeper part. I don't know. I can I can instinctually tell when somebody is really coming from yeah. an ego level, or whether they're just like this is their proclamation. Right. And I just see, for me anyway, I I, I see confusion about what that proclamation is mm-hmm. and the worth and where is it coming from? Is it is it the ego? Because I think that's something that the ego wants to do mm-hmm. to get attention. But this is about meaning and not attention, mm-hmm. right? That's the big difference. Yeah, and you know, so yeah, the false ego, the. The, the false ego uh, is very insecure, is very insecure. And so it requires the validations of others. And that's why uh, it comes across as so arrogant, right? Like Or brittle. Yeah. Validate me, confirm me, and doing it in such a way that it's very pompous. And that's the false ego. And there is, there is a healthy ego. Mm-hmm. And that's the ego that allows itself to proclaim its worth, its will. And it says, this is who I am. But once again, that means nothing unless we show results. We create something from that. And that's true discipline. And that really resolves if it's a false ego or a true ego. Yeah. Or focus, Mm -hmm. right? Because I don't think the ego has great focus that I forget there's a Hawaiian word for focused attention on something which is necessary in relationship to all these other things. I don't remember the word. I was just reading it. But um, mm, no, I can't remember now. <laughs> it happens to be all the time where I'm all, there's this thing. It's sitting over there. It's not ready to walk into my brain right now. But But, you know, like fundamentally, it all comes down to, you know, what we call oya ego, which is truth. And something else my tutu taught me, and she said, you know, boy, there's nothing more uncomfortable you will ever experience in your entire life than your own truth. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because we are so conditioned. And we are a culture conditioned to imitate because we don't deem our our will worthy. Yeah. Okay. 
and then also to obey. Mm. To obey. And our truth, it cannot be confined. Right. So in order to honor our oyo i'o, our truth, we must, A, with our feminine, kukala, proclaim it. Tell the world our truth. Even when it's raw and dirty, and sister, it's going to be raw and dirty. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I love that word um, for, for truth. Oya i'o. How is it spelled? O-I-A-I-O-P-I-N-A-O. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful word in and of itself. It is. It has the sound of what it is. Yeah, and there there is a hidden sound in there. You know, it's the word that normally is not spoken. Right. Sorry, it's on a podcast now. But... But, you know, and that is one of the most sacred sounds to make because it does have such sacred meaning in that word. And, um, yeah, so, you know, we, we proclaim with our feminine our truth. We deem ourselves worthy. And we deem our truth worthy to be heard. And then our masculine creates the results. It shows what the truth looks like, feels like smells like tastes like and you absolutely have to have both happening you must yeah you yeah. must otherwise one uh discredits the other mm-hmm. you know and that's the performance that's the performance that's the imitations and that's us obeying because our collective this culture i like to call it the culture of control mm-hmm. you know it lies to us and it tells us these are the standards to which you should live by in order for you to be accepted. And that's what it really comes down to. It says, if you want to be accepted, if you want to be part of a community, do this, 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 and that. Say this, say this, say that. And your truth will not be found in that. It just simply won't. It simply won't. So, you know, we all have to be so courageous right now. Deem ourselves worthy, deem our truth worthy, and then show people. Tell people. There's so much. We're we're really kind of shoveling out a lot of shame, I Big think, time. for people who are, especially if you're raised, hey, I mean, half Jewish, half Catholic, it's all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm killing my mother and I'm going to hell. Like, both things are happening. Um, so what occurs to me, I, I was at Easter, and I kind of consider that a rebirth day, right? It's it's celebrated in yeah. all different cultures, especially this idea of a risen Christ, all of that. And a few people sent me messages and I texted them back. I made this little screensaver wallpaper for my phone. And it just says, help me to believe the truth about who I am, no matter how beautiful it is. Mm -hmm. And that to me just feels like, and right now I'm seeing it as almost an antidote Mm -hmm. to this shame that, you know, we were all, we've all kind of been raised with, whether our parents realized it or not. Shame is a way to control people. And yeah. I don't think anyone knows what to do with shame other than just feel horrible and mm-hmm. hide in a corner and make mm-hmm. decisions about yourself that are that are untrue. Yeah. So so my question for you, and maybe it's just because I'm a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. So I, I I have a sense that I understand that like sitting in the truth is gonna be like yeah. it's gonna be the most uncomfortable mm-hmm. thing you're gonna feel. Would that be because all of that stuff is getting burned, burned away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really, really uncomfortable. Yes. And I, I, I think where, where I am right now in my life, the bigger questions: if it's all aloha, mm-hmm. like, like, how does evil exist? So we don't have to discuss that. That's too big. <laughs> but this sitting in the truth, sitting in the the truth of who I am. Am I able to make an assumption that there's a lot of aloha there? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is it all aloha? Oh, it is It is all aloha. It's all aloha. It is all aloha. And yeah, I, I love that you're clarifying. Yes, the discomfort is because of the conditioning. Yeah. You know, and it's all those voices, everything's saying that, you know, you won't be accepted. You won't be a part of a community uh, if, if you express yourself in such a way. 
and you'll never be able to relate to anybody else. There's that's like a different right. level. So if we like on the chakra levels, right? The first yeah. ones you won't be safe. Mm-hmm. The tribe is not going to accept you. Right. Um, and you can go a little bit higher up where it's like I'll never if I'm if I how many there's three people in the world that have actually sat in this truth. I'll never be able to connect to anyone but those three people. You know what I mean? There's, right. That's my own little neurotic right. kind of like. That doesn't even make sense when you get to, when you when you touch even a little bit of that in my experience. That doesn't make sense anymore. That mm-hmm. idea that you can't connect to anybody because you've gotten this sense of that, it's like the opposite is true. It's no the you're, opposite is true. You're so right on about that. And you know, like me talking about Mu culture, you know, this this and talking about Lua and talking about other things that have been very kapu. Very huna. Very huna in the Hawaiian community and in the beginning, I was met with a lot of shaming and condemnations and rejection and even retaliation. But mm. because I was so devoted to my oyo, my truth, that was no longer any of my concern. None of that shaming. No longer. And it's so beautifully how it has blossomed now where a lot of the I, I've been embraced you know, by the Hawaiian community. And then also, you know, a lot of Hawaiians at this time are not willing to participate, but now they're witnessing, you know? It's almost as if they're like, I just want to watch and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then maybe maybe when I feel comfortable, <laughs> you know, I'll step up and I'll start, you know, revealing my mo'oku ohau and the ike from my ohanga too. So I've seen it in just a short while how this is just changing so rapidly where it goes from people, you know, feeling very threatened by your truth, very threatened, Mm -hmm. and then retaliating to all of a sudden witnessing and being inspired by it. Stepping into an incredibly, from my perspective, being, you know, non-Hawaiian from, you know, all different cultures, um, the incredible gift, the gift of Hawaiian people and other indigenous Mm -hmm. cultures, because it's not just happening in Hawaii. It's happening all over the world. Where there is, there is like a, um, from my perspective in talking with people and observing things, a real power, a real like rightness mm-hmm. of standing in that and owning it in a way that is contributive and beautiful. Yeah. And it's like that can, I suspect, or is burning off some of the horrible, you know, mm-hmm. through colonization, all of those mm-hmm. things, it it is almost like this beautiful turning mm-hmm. to realize that, like, mm-hmm. this is where the truth is lying. Yeah. You have it. Yeah. It is in your DNA. It's in your ancestors. Right. And that that is incredibly special and necessary. Yeah. And I am yeah. so humbled by so, so much of it and mm. honor it in such mm-hmm. a big way. And, you know, the connectivity and things that happen. And I think people just know, too. Yeah. They just know sometimes. They're like, okay, yeah, this, you know, stuff is happening. And people yeah. are connecting in ways that I yeah. didn't imagine happening. You, um, you, yeah. you know, my my tutu said that the couple would be lifted uh, when the time is hemolele or perfect. Mm-hmm. And she said, boy, you'll know. And after my bout with trauma, okay, um, I tried to <laughs> refuse it. Mm-hmm. I felt it. I heard it. I would go in the hele in nature and it would just say, it's hemolele. It was like a chant. Mm-hmm. And I rejected it, rejected it because it was too frightening, too frightening because I felt like this would disconnect me from my community. But I decided to commit to it. And I mean, my gosh, the fulfillment because I understand my purpose. Yeah. I understand my kiakahi. It's been so beautiful. And you know, the Native Hawaiian people and the Native American people, um, because, because what happened with kapu and huna, and I'm not sure what they call it in, in North America, but you know, we just felt the need to preserve the purity of the ike. And that's why so much mm-hmm. had to be hidden, yeah? And that's why when Tutu said the kapu will be lifted when the time is hemolele was very resonated with me because it allowed me to understand that our world is ready. Yeah. And I need not possess 
the ike any longer. It wants to be freed. And I have conversations with people every day that I'm just like, these are such beautiful conversations. People are really allowing themselves to speak their thoughts, you know, hints of their truth. Mm-hmm. Sort of getting their feet wet, yeah? Yeah. Just kind of gauge, like, is this safe, you know? And but it's happening now. It's like oh yeah, I yeah. feel it too. Uh-huh. Same thing, same thing. And just to explain to listeners, um, kapu. I mean, uh, Hawaiian words probably have they probably have five meanings, at least three. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's true. I think it's beautiful. It's it's helping my brain work differently mm-hmm. to to non have a linear, you know, sort of like it's this or this. Right, right. But but kapu in kapu is you explain it better than than sure. me. Yeah, kapu um, is derives from actually a Tongan language mm-hmm. of taboo, mm-hmm. and many of you are familiar with the word taboo. It just, and in Hawaiian, we would even consider it a little more intense because we would consider things that are kapu forbidden. So that's how we just respect um, the natural flow of things, and a lot of things we will place in moratorium to preserve its purity and to. Ensure it does not become contaminated. Mm-hmm. So forbidden doesn't mean forbidden because it's bad. It means it's protected. It's sacred. Exactly. Protected and sacred. It yeah. always come back to the sacred. Yeah. And it's not forbidden because it's exclusive. Um, not at all. It comes back to sacredness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And huna, huna is hidden. Hidden. Secret. Mm-hmm. Also protected. Also protected and for the same reasons. Yeah. To ensure it's it's... Uh, purity and to ensure it does not become contaminated and my my sense is there's a ton of humility and respect around all of that Mm -hmm. like the relationship of humility and respect around both anything kapu or anything huna from that that to me is like the essence when anyone's coming to hawaii i say first thing you need to have is respect no matter what Mm -hmm. just have respect and like it's it's a good reminder for people because I think it should be everywhere. But like you show up on this island with some respect, things will probably go pretty well for right. you. Just start with that, and then aloha, and then you realize that the aloha is in that. You right? Know? Yeah, you know the power of hoihi or respect. It's all about the ability to pause, mm-hmm. to pause, and to be aware of our surroundings, to be aware of what surrounds us, of who surrounds us. That's that is the definition of respect. Yeah. It's just it's awareness. Just awareness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and how we participate yeah. with all that is around us. So true. Mm-hmm. I have learned tons living here. Tons living here. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, one special thing about Hawaii is, you know, the we have something called mana. Mana really can't be translated. No. No, the more I learn about it, I'm like, it's not chi. It's not prana. Uh, with lack of a... Uh, it's it's like life force. It's creative life force, though, yeah? yeah? It's, There's, it's, right. it's something that's alive and in, it's always in process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a you life can totally force. tell me when I'm wrong, by the way. No, you can be like, no, Jules. It is creative life force. And, you know, it, it spins in an oscillation. And it what it it is what sustains our spirit, our soul. Yeah. And uh, in Hawaii, uh, we have maintained this energy so beautifully. That's why everybody wants to come here. <laughs> you know, it is alive. It really everywhere is everywhere here, and um, it gives much promise. You know. Um, that something so sacred, so beautiful has been so well preserved and willing, yeah, willing to touch the lives yeah. of so many people. It's the saddest thing to me is seeing people who come here and they're so closed off from it. And even people who live here, but um, visitors, you know, I live in where it's kind of a tourist town, so I see visitors all the time. And, you know, when I just see somebody who's like, you can tell they're just set. I'm like, I'm going to have a good time. And mm-hmm. I'm here. And they're just miserable. I'm like, oh, put your butt on the ground for a minute. Yeah. Like, all you need to do is sit on the aina, which means uh, land, yeah. and just let that let that sink in. Get in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Feel it. You don't need to mm-hmm. do anything. Right. 
Oh yeah, so yeah. Besides cranky tourists, <laughs> that relationship, you know, I do. I feel bad for them, but you know, many people call this a feminine shift. Okay, mm-hmm. that we're moving into a feminine shift, and it's as I've been explaining before. You know, the feminine is a space of pause. You know, pause awareness, how we can be aware, and you know, I work with fern medicine, you know, plant medicine. And the beautiful thing about tuning in with nature, what we call nature nahele, is that nature is immune to untruths. Yeah. It does not know untruths. It will not tolerate untruths. We see the way nature plays out. It does not seek alternatives. It is content in its moment. There's no identity crisis. There is no identity. <laughs> they don't implement roles or labels upon themselves. You know? So whenever I go into nature, I tune in. You know? I'll tune in via telepathy. And they will tell me the tale. Mm-hmm. They will tell me the tale of their truth. And it is so inspiring. It has given me the fuel mm-hmm. to proclaim my own oyuul, my own truth. And so I totally encourage all our brothers and our sisters step out into nature connect there is no criteria there's no, no criteria that's up to you remember yeah. this is a proclamation you tell us you show us no more imitations and nature the natural world will teach us how to do that yeah. how to be firm in who we are how to proclaim it our feminine and then how to show how to create results are masking receive that's something that i feel a lot when i'm feeling interacting with nature i live here so like <laughs> i realize that i you know there's almost no choice of it's just opening yeah. awareness but but being if there's receiving it mm-hmm. for me still you know kind of suffering from a very western mm-hmm. intellectual mm-hmm. action oriented mind that it's the feminine receptivity mm-hmm. to just all I have to do is nothing. It's just be right. open right. to to receive. And that I think, you know, we are our own best teachers, our own souls, our own, you know, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. our omakua, our, that connectivity is mm-hmm. our best teacher. But we are not set up to trust ourselves. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, what this requires, and we're talking about, we're talking about the genders now. Okay? Mm-hmm. What this requires is to collapse hierarchy. Because this plays out in nature as well. You know, a lot of people won't connect to the to the pua, the flower. They won't connect to the tree because they deem themselves superior. Mm-hmm. Somehow, mm-hmm. this is the human. This is the human condition right now. There's a power over it. Yeah. So we must, in order to connect, hello, yeah, is to collapse hierarchy. Realize we're parts. Mm-hmm. It's we're part of each other. I posted yesterday for um a picture actually from the hui. That we were doing a, a black, it was a pohako and a tea leaf and the, the bowl of the kai. Were you there when we did that? No, oh, I wasn't. I know. Oh, so amazing though. Two times, two times. Oh. The black sand made exactly the same pattern. Wow. Um, yeah. If you look on my Instagram, I posted it and it, I was like, oh, gee, what do I say? Happy Earth Day. <laughs> Every day is Earth Day. But really all I said was just... It was we we are we're all we are part of nature. Nature is our family. Mm-hmm. This is all connected. And just remember, 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 remember. Yeah. The the is in us. That knowledge right. is in us. So just remember. And so of course you want to connect. You want to connect yeah. with all that is, and that we're we're not the kings of everything with dominion over it. Right. All and, the everything and, we need is there, and, and we, everything it needs we can you know. Yeah. Be a part of. And we, you know, bonding and intimacy is just not something internal and between human beings. It's with nature. Yeah. Bonding and intimacy is super important. You know, I used to say the word a lot or this phrase, I feel so alone, you Mm. know, because I didn't feel understood or I felt shamed or rejected. So I used to say, I used to feel that. Right. I used to say, oh, I feel so alone. Since I've opened up. My consciousness uh, to Nahele, to nature, I, it, I do not feel alone. I yeah. cannot feel alone. I am always surrounded by such support and their tales that they tell me, you know, their truth. It, it's 
everywhere and it can be accessed at all times. At all times. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm, I'm at a, a different level of that. I feel like I'm very polite with nature sometimes. It was just this, like, <laughs> oh, we're very, it was just like a high, a, five. A high five, you know, <laughs> I'm making lei or I'm collecting pohaku for something for a ceremony. Yeah, you just, I just kind of, it was a good reminder that I'm maybe a little too, a little of a politeness of, of, you know, so much honor, but yeah, the Remembering the constant connectivity. Constant. Constant connectivity. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I locate the sun, the light. Yeah. And that's my first friend for the day. I have a dialogue with La. If it's still at night, it's Mahina. Mahina. It's the moon. Yeah. And I have a dialogue with the moon. You know? Just that light. Yeah. The, The contact with that light is that relationship. And I have that dialogue. I'm never alone. Yeah. I get that feeling too. I don't have to think about it as much as I used to. Yeah. I don't have the, oh my gosh, I'm lonely or whatever. I'm pretty darn content. Just, you know, that relationship, it's so present mm-hmm. and I'm aware of it. I think that might be for me the big, it's like, I'm aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. This has been wonderful. We didn't touch, talk as much about ferns, but I think people really need to just go to your website, pohala.net. And check out all of the beautiful things that you are. You're an alchemist. So we're just archetypes here. Alchemist. Yes. Amongst many other things. And divine child as well. You know, just a <laughs> archetypal diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> but um, most definitely people check out the website and follow. follow Your Instagram is the bomb diggity bomb. Oh, Every day. If I mahalo. if I only one watch, watch one story, it's going to be because you, you're doing exercises with people. Mm-hmm. You are sharing so much knowledge and from just a, a connection place that I think anybody watching could be like, oh yeah. So if you are deep in the funk or just really, really curious, there's so much there. Mahalo, brother. Mahalo. Mahalo, thank you mahalo, so mahalo. much, sister. And thank you so much to everyone tuning in. It's just been my honor. We should give him a big aloha, yeah? Yeah. Aloha. aloha. We know that you could have done something else with the last 40-ish minutes of your life, but we are so glad that you spent it with us. Connect with Gaoni on Instagram. His handle is pohala underscore Hawaiian underscore botanicals. And he has a special gift for podcast listeners. Use the code FERN15 for 15% off purchases from his website. And you definitely have to check it out because he has so much information on emotional intelligence Fern medicine, Hawaiian culture, and so many amazing fern oils, tinctures, and so much more. So just go on over to pohala.net. That's P-O-H-A-L-A dot net. And as ever, big, big thanks to our patrons, Sarah, Geneva, Richard, Peter, Rash, Ali, and Yvonne. Thank you. Your support makes all of this happen, and you make us smile every day. Archetypal Tarot Podcast is produced by Both And Media, and our theme music is by The Lunar Group. Until next time, aloha!